We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast, your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Thank you so much for joining us as always. Appreciate you downloading Soonersports.tv slash podcast and searching Oklahoma Sooner Podcast on iTunes to find us. Again, if you go to Soonersports.tv slash podcast, uh, right on the player, there are several ways in which you can subscribe and be a regular part of the podcast, whether through Stitcher, Google Play, RSS feed, however you go about subscribing to podcasts or listening or consuming podcasts, we've got you covered at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. It was a fun weekend because it was Meet the Sooners Day, and in that also Media Day. So I thought, since it was Media Day, why don't we invite a member of the media to join us on the podcast this week? So new Sooner beat writer for the Norman Transcript, Tyler Palmatier, will join us coming up a little bit later on in the show. But Podcast regular Jessica Cootie will be with us today. We'll go in-depth on one of her more popular pieces that she was able to put together during Meet the Sooners Day, which is Ask the Experts. So a busy podcast jam-packed with information. What do you say we get after it? By the way, I did want to point out on Friday's edition of the podcast, we will bring you everything we can from Media Day. So if you haven't had a chance to hear the uh, – Press conference with Lincoln Riley. We're going to bring you parts of that. Uh, we're going to bring you some of the different sit-downs 
with members of the Sooner roster, and we have a couple post-practice availabilities that we're taking the podcast out to as well. So we'll have tons from players and from Coach Riley coming up on Friday's podcast. And then for softball fans, barring any breaking news happening between now and next week, which, you know, you don't foresee, but we have one final look back as we get ready to celebrate the Night of Champions, which is right around the corner. There's tons of information online at Soonersports.com. That's coming up on August 18th. It's a must-attend event. So in kind of advance on that, next Tuesday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast is a sit-down with Patty Gasso. I had so much fun. We went in-depth on the growth of the sport, on the growth of this program. It was fun. So Patty Gasso coming up on next week's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. But for today, we're all about football. We're all about media day. So let's welcome in Soonersports.tv star Jessica Cooty to kind of go in-depth about what she learned at media day. Of- I, I found it pretty interesting. It's something that I've heard, um, you know, several times from several different guys about Creed Humphreys and that, you know, um, he had said that that was one position that possibly, um, you know, they could see some freshmen at, um, and that Creed Creed was um, about as physically. Well, I can't remember exactly what he said, but as physically gifted at that age as as they've seen. And so, you know, just I think kind of confirming what the you know I'd heard Orlando Brown say, Ty Darlington, a bunch of you know the the guys that are kind of around him every day. To and so I think for. You know, Coach Riley to say that that probably caught my caught my ear because, you know, again, like that that's a position where they they do have some depth. Um, maybe not as much as Alex Dalton going down, but you know, the fact that um, you know, I don't know if a lot of people maybe thought he'd, he'd get to play, but the fact that he's kind of showing them, well, maybe maybe we should consider him getting on the field. So probably probably that. I'll tell you what else. Uh stood out to me, Jess, from an individual perspective. And I, I, I talk about this a lot, and you did an incredible feature on him, and I, it's still in the archives at Soonersports.tv. But to continue, you bring up the offense. funny, I'm going to talk offensive line too. To see the continued maturation and growth and development of Orlando Brown Jr., I mean, I heard him on, the, on, on Sports Talk 1400 when I was driving around, making comparisons to guys that he watches film on NFL players and Bobby Evans Jr. saying he reminds me of a Trent Williams what with what he does and specific things and I know you kind of had a front row seat for that having so much time with him uh, during the feature you put together but what an impressive young man and an incredible amount of growth during his time here at Oklahoma yeah I mean I tell people all the time he's probably one of my favorites to deal with on this team um think just from the get-go um i think you can tell you know again i mean i've said this a lot but this is one thing that kind of stuck with me when i talked to bill beanbow about him when he was a redshirt freshman was just that you know the the very best offensive linemen the linemen that go on and have big time nfl careers the linemen that go you know that get drafted really high um they go in the first round you know all of those those things um the very best have the switch where they are just two completely different people, basically, um, you know, on the field and off the field, and they have a switch, and they know when to switch it, and they know how to switch it. And so, um, you know, and they said Orlando Brown has that, and, and that was one thing that they said about, you know, Orlando's dad, Orlando Brown Sr. He was, you know, fun-loving, 
Um, just fun guy, uh, very nice. But on the field, again, was just one of those mean and nasty type offensive linemen. And then, um, you know, you talk about Jamal Brown, who has kind of been, you know, his mentor kind of stepped in after, you know, his dad passed away. And he was kind of the same way. And, you know, Jamal is so nice. <laughs> He's like such a nice person. And then, you know, he was a mean, mean, mean guy on the field as well. So, you know, I think just the way that he's continued to grow and be a sponge um, with both with Coach Biedenboe, with Jamal, with the people that, you know, he's got in his, in his life. I think, you know, you've seen a, a maturation process, not just, um, you know, in, in him as a, um, you know, as a player, uh, because I think he was so – I mean, we talk about we we laugh about and and we've laughed with Orlando about it, like the the penalties that he's gotten and you know he's got to pull back on that you know he, he just kind of walks that line and I think you've seen it kind of continue to improve and as he gets into this the, I I expect even more leaps and bounds growth from from Orlando Brown. Now there was one kind of side story to everything that was a bit of a downer on Saturday, Jess, and after the Alex Dalton news last week the emergence of the Nick Basquin news this week. It hurts because, obviously, this was one of the experienced guys they had coming back. Granted, it was one year of experience. But, again, another guy you would spend some time talking with, someone who was popular amongst his teammates, and I think we all kind of expected him to go out and have a big season, and now he's going to spend the year rehabbing. That's a tough break for a good kid. Yeah, and that's, that's what Coach Riley said in his press conference. I mean, you look at – there were some plays that Nick Basquin was – pretty clutch you know I, I would like I need to I was I was just thinking about that looking up his stats and, and the catches that he had now he might not obviously has, have had as much as Didi um, but the one that the times that the ball was thrown his way were some big time plays and some big time moments and he delivered and that's you know one thing that Baker had kind of said that and and even Kel Gundy had said is that Nick was had kind of become um, Baker's safety blanket, you know, uh, when when there wasn't anybody open, that's who he's looking for. And so, you know, I think they had developed that kind of chemistry when Baker was redshirting and um, Nick was um, a walk-on at the time. So they were both on the scout team and, you know, they used to torch the scout team sometimes. And then they would, you know, when Baker wanted to get some extra work in, Nick was who he called. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I expected – that to be one of the guys that had a breakout season and so um i think that they, they were kind of looking to him to kind of do have a have even a bigger role and so yeah a tough blow um in the even tougher blow for nick because that is you know such a nice nice kid like i mean you don't they don't come much nicer than nick Basslin. so a uh, tough break for somebody like that um but you know, I think he's he's got a good head on his shoulders. He'll rehab and come back and, and be stronger than ever. But, yeah, it, it definitely is a very tough break on, on all parts. And, Jess, it really – when one door closes, obviously, I think you can tell – it stinks for the guy. He's a very popular guy. Everyone enjoyed him. But it opens a door for someone like potentially a Michael Jones to step up. And, you know, in the constant reminder that – Maybe sometimes you don't know a team as well as you think you know them. When Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley brought up a name during his press conference, it automatically, as soon as he did, I had to run to the roster page and say, wait, who is this guy? And whenever he dropped Lee Morris, I thought, 
I have no idea who that guy is, the redshirt sophomore out of Allen, Texas. So it shows you that there are some guys there and maybe even some guys that we haven't heard of, like Lee Morris, that might have an opportunity to make a difference. I mean, that's the thing. It was the same thing last year with Nick Basslin. You know, I mean, yes, that wasn't a guy. I mean, he's a Norman guy, so probably people that were around here that knew him growing up. But, like, you know, he had that touchdown. And, and, and he was a name that you kept hearing in camp, you know, like Nick Basslin, Nick Basslin. Right. But it was like he hadn't played much either. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, with this type of offense and, and you know, I don't think it's, it's – just because, and that was one thing I heard from the offensive line too um, last week is, you know, just because you came in and, and you've had some, you've had some reps, you've had some, it's going to be who earns it. And so I think, you know, like like has been mentioned, there's so there's a lot of guys that potentially could step up and and in that wide receiver position. So yeah, I mean, I I think there's a lot of good competition going on. So I think. You know, good thing, um, bad, a terrible break, but it's a good thing that they have some, some bodies there in that spot that they can turn to that are going to be, you know, pretty productive still. You have fun on Meet the Sooners Day, and you've always done this. I think it's one of the neatest things we do on Sooner Sports TV. It's the Ask the Experts segment. I know you don't want to give away too terribly much because I think it makes its debut, what, our first spotlight is a week from Tuesday. So how fun was it? Did we have any Maker Bayfields in the mix? And who really caught your eye from your youngins? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's always funny. Um, I, I try to mix it up a little bit and ask some fun kid questions, but then also, like, throw them some pretty hard um, um, you know, f- football-type questions. And, boy, the pass efficiency rating with Baker, that question really threw a lot of people off. Um, I said, what do you think the number was? And had a couple thirties and I said, okay, so what do you want the number to be this year? And they're like, probably like 20. <laughs> so, um, it's, uh, that's always fun. And then the, how much you would pay Lincoln Riley is always fun. Like I ask that every year and every year, it's just, it's so funny. And then, um, uh, a lot of them had some really great advice for coach Riley as he, starts his first year i'm sure he'll be enlightened to hear um the advice that they have for him and um so yeah there's a lot of fun stuff it's, it's definitely going to be worth tuning in uh, yeah i think it's going to drop uh, what next week um i think we're going to do kind of a part in spotlight and a uh, part in, in coach riley's first show so it should be to be fun it should be entertaining as always jess is, I guess as you start looking ahead more than asked about anything else i do i think yeah, it's because it's hilarious. That, that's why. And you don't realize how kids don't really have any concept of money until you hear them talk about it. I'll, I'll give you, for instance, I was my, my son was with me on Saturday when we were recording the names, and we were doing it in one of the suites. And he looked. My, my son's like thirteen. And he goes, "Man, Dad, I bet to sit in this suite, it's like a hundred dollars or something, isn't it?" I'm like, "Yeah, something like that." The concept of money and what they would pay Lincoln Riley to. You know, anyone from about uh, 5 to 13 is like, oh, man, if he makes $1,000, he's got a lot of money. So I can't wait to hear all of that. With yeah, that uh, said, Jess. Brandon, Brandon oh, go ahead. Meyer, our boss's son, Brady, was on. And uh, he said, I think I'd pay him $1,000 a game. And if you make it to the championship, then um, I'll, I'll think about giving you 5000 <laughs> 
Be looking for that on Soonersports.tv and, of course, uh, on our first spotlight, which is coming up uh, a week from Tuesday. Hey, Jess, you know, it's that time of year. I know you've already got a plan laid out and uh, kind of some angles you want to tackle. But in lieu of looking back one more time at people that caught our eye at Media Day, I'm kind of curious some of the stories you're working on as we look ahead to the 2017 season. I know for the most part, we don't want to give away too terribly much, but is there maybe one or two that you're kind of more excited about than the others to really start diving in on? Yeah, I mean, I think my week one feature is on Eric Stryker, which we've talked about. Um, I think there's some cool nuggets in there that maybe um, people haven't heard. I think he has a pretty cool story and how, you know, here he was one of the best, um, you know, to, to play and especially during when he was here um you know had was a big name all-american and and just didn't have the right right body type to play in the nfl and so um you know i think hearing his story and you know where a lot of guys would probably keep holding out and waiting and because he had some opportunities to go trail for a different team and you know he kind of just saw the writing on the wall and decided you know i'm not gonna i have other uh, you know some other um, qualities to offer the world besides playing football. And so, um, but then not just that, just I, I think people will be pretty um, interested to hear the connection between um, Eric Stryker and Lincoln Riley. I think uh, maybe people don't know um, kind of that relationship and that bond. And, and I think um, Stryker has been a big help in the transition um, this period. So I think that one, I think, you know, people still remember um, Eric Stryker and still are obviously a really big fan of his. So um, I think um, I, I, I found it very interesting and very cool. I've, I've got a list already of, of um, potential storylines. I'm doing working one on Bill Beanville, which we've talked about. That's already in the can. Um, got to talk to Gabe Eichert about it. And I thought, you know, his perspective was really unique because he only had him for a year. And, um, you know, is now he's still you know, in the NFL, and, and he talked about how even just having been for one year, how much that prepared him for the NFL um, and, and going through the combine. He said, there's nothing I wasn't prepared for because of, you know, the time that I had with Bill Beanbow. So, um, and then I've got some other player. I've got, you know, a cool one on Oboe, hopefully that we'll be working on. And then, um, and I did one last year, but I'll, I'll be doing another one on Oboe. And so, yeah, I've got a, got a few in the works that I think are going to be pretty interesting. It's, it's funny every year. I'm like, um, I, what ideas? Like I'm going to have, I, I feel like I've ran <laughs> out. I've used all my storylines and then every year I have a, an abundance of it. So, um, and then always it kind of develops as the year goes on too. You never know who's going to emerge and break out and need a feature story. So it's, um, it's interesting every year because I, I think I do not have any story ideas left. And then it's every year I, I come up with some. So get some good ones lined up for sure. So from Jessica Cootie to Tyler Palmatier, the new beat writer for the Oklahoma Sooners for the Norman Transcript, pretty simple question to him, just like how we started with Jess, Nick Basquin and was there buzz? Were there rumors? Was there anything out there that had led Tyler to believe that maybe something had been up with the Sooner inside receiver from Norman North. Only Friday, Plank, did I really start to see a couple of those reports start to come up. And, you know, I was I was pretty much okay with waiting and 
just seeing what was in I mean, it sounded like something had happened Friday. Uh, and then, but no, not till Saturday did I find out for sure that was the case. And, uh, you know, Bob Prisbillo was, he was really early on that story. And, um, boy, but just no inkling. No, it looks, sounds like it happened Friday because Thursday he was out there running. Nick Baskin was out there running around. Um, uh, news started leaking out Friday afternoon. So no, did that was one that nobody really saw coming. Well, I'll say this much. Um, it came about five seconds, the news breaking after I said I thought he could be a major difference maker. So I'm not going to talk about anyone being a difference maker anymore. <laughs> but can can you take us through kind of your perception on how this hurts the depth at inside receiver? Because as Lincoln Riley said in his presser, they feel pretty good about it. But I, I don't know. Do they do they really have an experienced guy like you could consider Basquin there at that inside receiver position right now? No. And that's. Uh, Kind of an easy, you know, he was just not only, I mean, you just, at inside receiver, sure, he was experienced, but then you just look at what he was to the position group as a whole. He just, he had been around, people, uh, players liked him, but, you know, they respected him as a hard worker, and uh, when you talk about just uh, the group, you know, overall, you need a guy like that that's been around and, you know, kind of an anchor emotionally a bit. But, yeah, at inside receiver, I definitely – you start looking at, you know, the, the guys that are there, they don't have much production from last year. You know, Michael Jones um, doesn't have a whole lot. You know, you start to look at, it really puts guys like C.D. Lamb and Charleston Rambo who, you know, there's a guy, a man named Charleston Rambo is on the team. So I, that's uh, that's got to be an encouraging sign for people everywhere, uh, especially at, at that position. But, um, no, I mean, you know, it puts those guys in uh, sort of in the picture and, and Riley had good things to say about those guys. Uh, you know, Saturday, he thinks a number of freshmen are going to play. It sounds like those two guys are are definitely going to be, you know, in the mix. If they weren't already, they, they will be now. Just curious, Tyler, from your perspective, and I know that this is very general, so go with it with whichever direction you want or as long as you, you, you feel like hitting on it. What really caught your eye? I know you were there from basically sunup to sundown covering this. But what really caught your eye on Saturday? Well, you know, one is I, <clears throat> when I think about Lincoln Riley, uh, I know nothing's happened yet. Um, and I know everything seems to come back to Lincoln Riley right now because he's a new coach. And maybe that's something I don't know if you can talk about it too much. But, you know, he still doesn't seem rattled by any of this. Um, and he... You know, and he says, no, nothing's changed. And um, I just think maybe he, he might not be as bubbly as he has seen before when he was offensive coordinator. That's maybe one thing that stands out. But he still doesn't seem, maybe rattle isn't the right word. He doesn't seem annoyed by it yet. He doesn't seem worn out by it yet. You know, he's very calm. Because one thing I was thinking about as we were sitting in that room, it was the first time I'd been in that room uh, since the Stoops retirement press conference. And, uh you know, it was Lincoln's first time in there addressing media since then, too. And I thought, you know, it's been about two months now. I wonder how has he changed. And then, you know, that that question came up. And, you know, he says things are – says he's not feeling it yet. And, uh, you know, I, I I think that's – there's a sense – I think you get a sense of that when you talk to players throughout the room, too, and coaches, that um, there really wasn't a big upheaval. I know he uh, – Lincoln – Right at the beginning of his address, he did praise the players for how they've handled the transition, and I think they deserve a ton of credit for uh, kind of rolling with this um, because it did happen pretty suddenly. And, I mean, nobody, very few people uh, were aware that, that 
Stoops was going to retire. So I think he praised the players. I think so. It, that sort of shined a light on them to me that you know those guys deserve credit too for rolling with this. And I think also Lincoln so far, sort of the story with him still is so far so good. He's handling this well, and of course a lot of different things are going to get thrown at him in the next few weeks. But uh, and so that could change. But um, you know that that's kind of a when I think about the big picture, I think it all comes back to Lincoln Riley. Uh, you know, some smaller things. Uh, I thought it was really funny talking to Jeff Bedette, his story about how he came here um, and learning a little bit about his background. You know, his mom is from Haiti. Uh, he, he shows up. He wants to transfer to OU. He thinks Baker Mayfield at that time has uh, – he thought Baker Mayfield had apparently declared for the draft. He didn't know he was going to be back to see <laughs> Baker on a visit and says, no, I haven't declared for the draft. I want to win a national championship. But, you know, Jeff Bedette is just not used to having somebody saying, you know, you – we want to win a national championship. You know, he's coming from Kentucky where it's just yep. a different, completely different program. And uh, he tells, you know, Jeff Dead decides he wants, he's going to transfer to OU. He tells his mom, mom, I'm going to transfer to OU. His mom is from Haiti. She doesn't really grasp that. You know, she's like, why are you transferring? You know, she can't really figure it out. He tells her, you know, sort of explains the situation about what OU is. And I just think he's a really interesting piece. He's coming in really experienced, uh, totally different environment, yet people are going to kind of lean on him. Uh, for his experience, but he's also new in the locker room. So uh, he's, in a, he's in a different situation. But I, I think I'm going to enjoy learning a little bit more about him as we go along. But it's certainly those were a few things I didn't know right away. Hey, I, I agree. I, I can't wait to learn more about Bedad. I thought he was one of the more impressive guys. Robert Barnes really impressed me. I know that he didn't do anything as far as interviews are concerned, but just seeing a freshman that looks that physically ready, that caught my eye. And then there was one other storyline, and I'll let you go on this, Tyler. But one storyline that I think is going to be really fun to follow is that backup quarterback position. And Coach hit it on the head when he said, you know, last year, you know, Austin Kendall came in, had a couple of transfers, and boom, he's the guy. Now, from everything we, we hear and everything that we see, it looks like they're having a heck of a battle between he and uh, Kyler Murray, between Austin Kendall and Kyler Murray for that backup quarterback spot. One of the more, I think, intriguing battles in camp, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I, you know, I think I sort of came in thinking that this was a job that it was Kyler Murray's to lose uh, just because his, you know, his experience at A&M, his athleticism is just, it jumps off the page, and uh, I think I had sort of in my mind thought, you know, this job is sort of unofficially Kyler Murray's, but it doesn't really look that way right now. Uh, they, you know, sometimes obviously coaches can, they might say a battle's wide open out of respect for Austin Kendall, but I don't think that's the case right now. I do truly think that there are two different skill sets to look at with those two guys, yes. and uh, without being in practice, it's really impossible for me to say what Austin Kendall's doing, uh, you know, he just may be really looking great as a thrower. And if he does, uh, um, you know, if he's the backup guy and he gives him a better look because he's a, you know, stronger in the pocket or, uh, then that's just, that's a coaching decision for them to make. But I guess you're, you're absolutely right. I agree. I think, I think that, uh, Riley is, is being truthful when he says that that's a close, that's a close competition. I don't think it's Kyler Murray's yet. And, uh, I think it would sure be interesting to sit there and watch that. For a whole practice worth, yeah, exactly what those guys are doing. So there you have it. Uh, bit of a recap on Media Day and Meet the Sooners Day. We are now a week away from our first spotlight on Sooner Sports TV and, of course, Fox Sports Oklahoma. So be looking for that, and that will be the debut 
of the Ask the Experts segment, which is one of my favorites. And thanks to Tyler Palmatier. You know, throughout the season, that's one thing I want to do a little bit more is obviously we have a great roster of guests that we'll have from Toby to Teddy to hopefully Dusty Dvorak and, of course, Chad McKee and, and Jess, who's a regular with us. But I hope we get a chance to kind of mix in some of the guys who cover this team to give us different perspectives, like Tyler over at the Norman Transcript, like Eric Bailey up at the Tulsa World, like uh, uh, Brooke Pryor and Ryan Aber over at the Oklahoman. So we'll give you some different perspectives as the season rolls on. But for today, we're done. Coming up on Thursday, a little post-practice audio. We'll also hear from head coach Lincoln Riley. And then, of course, a week from today, a week from this episode, Patty Gassel will join us right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Everyone have a great week. And until Friday, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.